developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. Silence! The great and powerful Oz knows why you have come. You've got to say, I'm a human being! God damn it! My life has value! You have meddled with the primal forces of nature! Don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives. Tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel? Who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder? Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. Jason Burmes. And who loves you? And who do you love? Good morning. Good morning. I am Jason Burmes. This is Reality Rants via Red Voice Media. Another jam-packed show for you today. Um, I hope a lot of you tuned in yesterday. I really thought that uh, the Peter Thiel expose slash speech watch along was really important even if you only got the first hour i would definitely encourage you to go at least listen to the pod bean or in a couple weeks check out the rest of the show or or you don't need me blabbering you can go listen to teal himself and kind of absorb it all and if there's some subjects maybe that he talks about that you're not quite certain what he's talking about take the time to do a little research into it. Like when he starts talking about the singularity, okay? And kind of this Kurzweilian society and the curbing of technological feats. And a lot of that, in my opinion, has just been done underground and unfortunately hidden from the people. And I feel like Teal himself is privy to some of that knowledge, if not the vast majority of it, because of his obvious security clearances. I mean, this is a guy that's worked heavily with the National Security Council. He was the technology advisor for Trump, all these things, you know. So I thought yesterday's broadcast was bang, bang on. Um, really, I've been having fun all week. Uh, not uh, a guest heavy week, uh, but we're going to kind of change that today. Uh, we're going to do uh, some news, and then probably 30, 45 minutes in, we're going to play this interview uh, that I recently did with uh, Mel K of the Mel K Show, which, you know, Mel does a, a great job, and uh, her presentations over at the Reawaken America Tour are now some of the best. Now, you know, other people come up to me at these things, and we start talking about certain presentations, and basically, which ones are, are heavy on the facts, and Mel always does a really good job so we're gonna have that conversation that'll go over to premium 
I want to remind everybody, uh, redvoicemedia.com slash Jason, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. That's where you're going to find me. Uh, 10 bucks a month. Start for a buck for the first week. See how you like it. It's not just me four days a week. This network is building and growing. Um, you know, you've got other shows that are now on two days a week. The announcement, Matt Couch is going to be here four days a week. And look, I think eventually this network's going to grow to the fact, you know, fact that you're going to get Friday shows, you're going to get weekend shows or special reports, all those things. Like, I'd love to be doing small mini documentaries, but they take so long. They take so long. That, that's why you kind of end up doing one or the other, right? I, I was talking uh, to my friend Justin yesterday, and uh, we were just kind of discussing. Uh, we just shot a, a video, and we're going back and forth. And uh, the video came out really good. I think that his editing was really good in it. But we're just kind of discussing how much setup some people need. And he was just kind of impressed that I kind of, I do all my own graphics, all my own transitions. I queue up the stories. I rip the videos. Uh, I've got other contextual articles. He's like, you know, a lot of people can't do that. They have full teams doing that for them. And I go, yeah, but I, I am kind of a control freak too. Um, it's not that I don't necessarily play well with others. I think that I actually do play well with others and that, a lot of my past work and the stuff that I've collaborated on, especially in the documentary film arena, it is part of teamwork. You can't, you know, do it all by yourself. And uh, I think it stands the test of time. Just saying. Now, um, even some of the mini docs I put together in the past five, six years, stuff I was doing for We Are Change, those are solid videos. I did a couple presentations on uh, Dennis Hassert that were more like the now this videos, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's just finding the time. And then you got to kind of weigh, um, you know, how much reach you're getting from these things. Are they getting any more views than say the show? The show's growing. You know, I was thinking about the rumble numbers uh, alone. Okay. Th and think about the rumble numbers, guys. We're at about eight to 10,000 bare minimum, sometimes much more rumble alone, less than 50,000 subscribers on red voice media's end, uh, about 17,000, a little less than 17,000 on my end. That's 67,000. I've got 70,000 stagnant now on YouTube for months and months and months again. I can't get, I think we got 3000 yesterday. So with a reach of a fifth or a fourth less, we're doing three to four times the numbers. Easy, over there. Okay? Now, you can't make a living on Rumble, but for me, the biggest thing is getting this information out to the masses. I'm nobody. I hope you go find the clips. I hope you share them with other people. I know a lot of people get frustrated that I don't sit there and put the links down all over the place. One day when there are interns, guys. Again, think about how much I'm, I'm doing on my own anyway. Like, a lot. a lot. You know how much stuff I watch that we don't talk about on the show? A ton. And then, God bless everybody out there in the Burmese Brigade that's sending me tips. Okay? Because the, the tips you guys send me uh, that lead me down other paths, great. Thank you. And by the way, those that send me actual physical tips over at Rockfin or buying me a coffee in the links down below. 
Also, another great way to support the broadcast. So many ways to support the broadcast. Going out on social media and sharing the 8-minute, 6-minute, 10-minute clips that are out there, that they're putting out there. Important stuff. So, we're going to lead um, with a couple important videos. Uh, one of which is, again, a tip. Uh, one, of, one of the great viewers out there, Simon Naylor, uh, really uh, sends me good stuff all the time. He, he shows something called the bystander effect. All right, and I think it's a powerful story, and it's one of the reasons that we're in this situation where this globalist takeover of hate and lies, as you see in the thumbnail, is able to accelerate. And it's because so many people are not willing to take action and acquiesce, even when they know something is inherently wrong, okay, something is inherently wrong and it's going on right in front of them, they've been trained and then conditioned in a manner where they no longer take action. And I, I think this is a phenomenon that is not exclusive to the American culture. It is, in fact, global. It is innate in humanity, and it is exploited over and over and over and over again. And then... I'm going to go show you a slew of videos with this new filter that we uh, played a clip of yesterday that literally changes your eyes, changes your lips, makes you more quote unquote beautiful. Isn't the old dog and like hippie, you know, an animal filter of the day or the making you an anime character. No, this looks much more lifelike getting you ready for the catfishing, getting you ready for the real-time deep fakes getting you ready for an avatar virtual lifestyle and at the same time you'll see the reactions of so many of these girls that immediately become self-conscious i mean they're they're actually in real time as they talk and emote seeing what they've been conditioned to believe is a more physically beautiful version of themselves you know you thought you felt inadequate by not being able to live up to the airbrushed models and the movie stars with the lighting and the whole shebango. Like, you know, there's a lot of times on this show, even now people will comment on the dark circles on my eyes. I don't do makeup guys. I, I dust a little bit because I'm a greasy dude. That's about it. And I'm not, I'm not makeup McGinty. This is what you get. I got a little bit of lighting going on. Depending on where I go, I might look a little bit better. I, I, I don't know what app this thing is on. I'm tempted to do it in real time for the show and then hook up uh, the phone device in a video out so you guys can see it in real time next to my real face, right? And uh, you, you just just experience it. But we're going to play those videos after we play the bystander effect video. But before we get to all that, okay, all that, I want to uh, go over this story right really quick. I had some fun earlier in the week. I played the park video, right? We had a laugh. In fact, uh, you know, I, I even said, good possibility this thing is staged. So the comments were rampant. Either you loved it or you said, Burmis, how could you fall for this thing? I don't necessarily think I've fallen for it. You know, th this is the I want to believe moment. I want to believe that there's a sharp old man out there 
that just wants to be in the park where where some entitlement oozing influencer person is put in their place. I want to believe. We all want to believe. Now, at the same time, I mean, I sent it to a buddy of mine. I go, man, it's just so perfect at times. It's it got to be scripted. I mean, <laughs> the way he talks to her, it's, oh, behave, behave yourself. I love that. Behave yourself. Oh, followers have you. You're Jesus now, are you? <laughs> Good stuff. Great stuff. So, you know, that thing has made the rounds everywhere and for good reason. And, um, you know, again, very well may have been staged. So let, let's get to the bystanders video. And this is a young woman talking about an experience um, that she had in the classroom. I'm not 100% sure why I'm being asked to share the story, but I'm guessing it's because somebody needs to hear it. When I was 16, I went into what I thought was going to be a normal day at biology class. And when I walked in, all the desks were arranged in a circle in the middle of the room. And the instructor, who had always been a really amazing, loving, kind instructor, was super militant, super scary, and just looked at us and said, sit down, shut up. You are not allowed to move, to speak at all, and anyone who does will immediately fail my class. And we were all stunned. I, I get like, just thinking about it, because I was a straight A student and grades were really important to me, and I was just like terrified. So let's let's start how the situation has begun. You have a, a, a figure who's generally trusted, generally liked by the students, with a completely different demeanor. You have a separate environment that you're walking into in the sense that it's not the usual classroom. There's something different. And then you have an upfront ultimatum given by that person in a tone and manner that you're simply not used to. All right. Now, this isn't just someone you met. I think that it's important that the conditioning that this was somebody that was liked in the first place and that had a certain level of trust, I think that's, and is also an authoritative uh, figure is important for this to work, but let's continue. So we're all sitting there silently nervous out of our minds and in the middle of this circle that we were all sitting in there was one desk and on this desk was a bowl with a goldfish in it and he looked at us and he took the goldfish and he put it on the desk and he walked out and he shut the door and we all just looked at each other just like what do we do? You know, like, obviously it violated like everything inside of me to like watch this fish die. And also I heard the instruction. If you speak, if you get up, if you move, you will automatically fail the class. I want to stop it there. You notice that one of the key things again for this to work is to restrict what movement and communication with each other. No speaking, no moving. And so we all sat there looking to each other to do something because we didn't want it to be us. And what was a very painful, it felt like an eternity. It was probably like two and a half minutes later. 
Hannah, Hannah B got up and said, fuck this and took the goldfish and put it back in the bowl. And when she did that, he came out and he looked at all of us and he said, look what the world has done to you. You've betrayed yourself for what? And I think about that lesson all the time because I learned in that moment that I am never going to be that person ever again. That when I see something that is wrong, even if it's just me, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to do what's right. And I've done that over and over again in my life in very scary situations. But I'm sad for people who haven't learned that lesson because there are so many things that are wrong that if you're too scared to make a difference, you won't make right. I hate TikTok. Luckily, I wasn't on TikTok to find it in my Twitter feed. But I think everything that was said there, and by the way, um, just so everybody understands also, the fish was never in danger, okay? Uh, because it's, you know, that the fish that they were using could be there for 15 minutes, okay? So these are videos that I didn't rip because I figure I'm just going to scroll down through it. And, and look, you take a look at this person. Now, I, I want to just put this out there. I'm, I'm playing this one because I, I, I think this uh, woman articulates um, the dangers of this app never shows you what she really looks like, but it begins a thread of plenty of these videos. Okay. I mean, quite a bit of these videos and I mean, I, I watched quite a bit. We're going to watch them because most of them are under a minute and it's, it's stunning. We, we already watched one of them. Okay, so there's this new filter on TikTok, and it's perfect. Look at it. You used to do that with an old filter, and you would see the lashes on your hand like it would glitch. But look how perfect. This is, I'm wearing no makeup right now. This is all a filter. And it's just scary because there's a lot of girls out there that don't realize when someone's got a filter on and they're chasing perfection because that's what they think everybody looks like. And this is not what people look like. So this is very scary. So th this one's going to give you um, a, a real deal. He said I'm good enough. Think about that I should That's what she really looks like. Okay. Notice it, you know, and they're touching their face the whole nine. You know, and you can see some distortion. It's not perfect. But can you imagine being on this thing after being in the bar? Okay, now, so this is what this person actually looks like. That's, that's, ugh. I hate the fact that there's a, uh, music on any of these things. Let's let's just play it right here. I, I muted that one. Okay, so take a look. Boom. So you saw it in real time. Now, uh, Melissa from uh, Truthstream Media recently did a side-by-side -side also. But here, here's yet another person. Okay, everybody's using this filter, and so we gotta see what it's about. Oh, God. What? 
Why am I like fucking gorgeous? <laughs> and you know, these aren't bad looking women. I just want to say that. You know, I mean, you look at these people, but they don't, they're not done up. You know, obviously, look, look at this person's hair, but but look, right, in real time, boom. Oh, God. Just changes their face. Here's yet another one. This is not healthy. This is not healthy. My insecurity is about to, like, skyrocket. My confidence is about to go way down. Oh, that took a blow. <laughs> so, like, again, it's not like that this is an ugly person. That That's what they really look like right there. Nothing. There's nothing wrong with you, but to go makeup. way down. Oh, oh. The, uh, this is a, another example. Very, very close up. This filter has me freaked out. Do you guys want to see what I really look like right now? I know people think these are fun, but I think they're like really harmful to society. Just, just, just my two cents. It's going to get way worse. Now, we did this one yesterday, so we'll skip over that. Because, again, they're getting you ready to disassociate yourself completely from your actual body. It's a real thing that this creates a type of mental illness that is harmful. Okay? That, that does cause depression. That might give a... Um, physician the excuse to put you on multiple ssris and by the way can we get a hundred thumbs up guys for a globalist takeover of hate and lies because this is part of it this is part of that transition from the bio nano era they've taken us into and into the transhuman one with all these promises of technology empowering humanity meanwhile it is extremely apparent to me they're going to utilize it for enslavement. This filter is actually insane. I mean, how do they do this? You want to see a catfish? Here's a catfish. I have never felt uglier. <laughs> and again, that that's not an ugly person. So it, it also feels like no matter what level you're on, that filter, okay, that filter is going to, is going to try to make you quote unquote more beautiful. Let's keep going. You guys, this, this is the problem. Look, you can't even, you can't even tell it's a filter anymore. <gasps> oh Lord. I don't even want to have kids anymore. <laughs> it's got to I mean, get ready. They don't, they don't want you to have kids. Sorry, I feel like I'm losing my mind. What do you mean you can't tell that this is a filter? I look like a brat stall. I look like I belong in Madame Tussauds Wax Museum. I, I mean, you might say that you look like a brat stall, um, but uh, it, it's funny because, listen, my my girlfriend is naturally beautiful. I think that you know I'm very I'm very lucky guy sweatpants and a hat some sunglasses i think she's just as gorgeous as when she puts on makeup one of the first comments my niece made about her when we were talking about her is that she looks like a brat doll 
And then uh, recently I was around her and her sister and her sister said the same thing to her. And I go, that's exactly what my niece said. So look, there are people that, um, you know, do have a natural beauty uh, without these filters for sure. But like, you, you know, I mean, does that person look any less than just somebody with makeup on that's an influencer? Uh, I forget the ex-Disney actress that talked about the horrific things that happened to her as a child that it this woman reminded me uh, of her something bell is it or uh, i forget what her name is it's killing me i mean i'd like that person kind of looks like that so here i mean th this one they show the before and after okay so i know like everyone's like oh my god you can't even like tell it's a filter anymore girl i look yossified this hold up y'all i'm crusty as fuck <laughs> I mean, take a look. Just be crusty. It's fine. <laughs> Here we go. Keep, we'll keep going down the line. Uh, we've been doing this a little bit. And then I got Crimea news. And, and just, I mean, when you watch this, talk about the push of World War III and this new Orwellian society. We played the Sean Penn video where he's like, we're overcautious about nuclear weapons. Don't worry. They don't want any ground troops. And then Zelensky being like, we need ground troops and we need them to die. What? <laughs> this is definitely not my face, but I just want you to see, look, when I put my hand over, the filter doesn't move. Like I could like, usually you see the filter over your hand. I can start catfishing people. I can make rent. Oh no, like that's the other thing. Is that what this is going to spawn? It's going to spawn like a whole new thing of OnlyFans, catfishes. Here we go. Let's do this one. I think we're going to do this. will be the last. It's a long thread, guys. Oh, maybe we should do the guy too. We'll do the guy. We'll do this, this person, then the guy, and then we'll move on. Okay, don't mind my, this, I had my, I had my glasses on. Look at this filter. Just look at this film. You. What the? F what the hell? Okay, so one more. So some people have asked if this new filter, Bold Glamour, if it's just makeup, if it just kind of smooths and paints the skin or if it does anything more. And so I want to do before and after shots of what it does to me. Uh, and it's worth mentioning that the effect seems to do different things to different people. In particular to men, it's very, very subtle. And to me, it's very subtle as well. Uh, but it's definitely making physical changes to my face, to the structure of my face. Now, I know nothing about makeup, so I'm not going to make any speculations as to what can be achieved, what can be faked through makeup or not. I just want to show the kind of before and after stuff. And it's quite annoying turning the effect on and off while recording a video. So I want to do the talking first and then I'll do before, after, before, after. So um, pay attention to my forehead. It's going to make my forehead a little bit wider. I don't know why that's a good thing, but it does that. It moves my eyebrows down a bit. It makes them thicker and a bit lower and a bit more angled. And it's not just the hair. It just moves the whole lot down including the bone. So with, when I turn my head with the lighting, it looks like this whole brow bone is lower and more tilted. 
Um, it also seems to lift the edge of my eye up a bit so that it, my eye is less sloped down, but a bit more horizontal. It also makes it a little bit thinner uh, so that it appears a bit wider. And also my eyelid folds, it reduces that so that basically I have, I'm less droopy-eyed and have a stronger whole eye section. Um, it narrows the nose a little bit. It tucks these bits in. Uh, the lips, you know, it's quite obvious it makes the lips a bit fuller. Uh, but in my case, it also shortens the upper lip a little bit and lifts these side bits up to give me um, a kind of permanent smile. Uh, and it also seems to lift these bits up a bit to m give me a, a stronger jawline. So now I'll do before and afters. Okay. So with me, it's very subtle. I don't know how useful that was because when recording, it's really difficult to turn on and off. But for, for me and men, it's really, really subtle. But even with me, it's making physical manipulations. Um, and I'd yeah, I'd love to see what it does to women as well, what kind of physical changes it makes. And I'd love to see where it's going to be in six months to a year. All right, let's, let's move on down the line. I do want to remind uh, people, it's day... 10,365 of there's no list. And uh, not only is there no list, we're still waiting. We're still waiting over here. Remember, this court case has been going back and forth and back and forth since 2015. Uh, this is where the new unsealed Epstein documents will be. This is the docket right here, court listener. Still nothing. We check every day, everyone. Okay. Now, um, I wanted to bring up this. Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu's wife, Sarah, is rescued by police after being trapped in a hair salon for hours when protesters, critical of her husband's policies, spotted her there and surrounded it. So yeah, there, there's a, quite a few reasons I wanted to do this story. Okay, now take a look. Number one, a lot of people out there. Number one, how long until it gets so bad in this country or a European country for that to happen somewhere? I don't know if it's if it's really that long. You know, one person pointed out to what was done to Rand Paul and his wife by that angry mob. And um, I would just say there's a little bit of a difference because you already have law enforcement there. They were just moving around. Uh, it was still egregious, but you certainly didn't have anybody trapped inside of a uh, establishment. Right. And no one seems to be talking about this stuff at all. Zero. Like, like Netanyahu, I, I, I was surprised that he got back into the prime minister spot as he had lost before that. There are always these weird close elections. Obviously, Netanyahu, a guy of uh, great power, very establishment, um, very along the lines of, uh, in my opinion, biomedical fascism. We've played that clip where he talks about the genetic database that he wants to build a DNA database. He's already got a database of 98% of the citizens' uh, medical records over the last 20 years. So when I see something like that, I'm just like, man, that's that that's something uh, we have to look at. Now, this is something we should look at in our own country. Because before I show you this clip of an NBC journalist inside of Crimea talking to um, citizens there, all of which say it's part of Russia, Inconvenient fact, I guess. This guy works for NBC. Okay. He's now been put on the Ukrainian hit list. Now, there are other journalists out there 
that are supposedly in the realm of alternative media or conservative media that have now also been put on these lists. This is frightening to me that we have a government that is allowing this as we militarily and financially support them with U.S. tax dollars. The fact that the media isn't even allowed to be embedded there and never has been. Michael Tracy was pointing that out from the very beginning. Should have alarmed everybody. Should have known this was a long haul and not just a proxy war and that this thing is escalating big time. But when that nation state is putting journalists American on hit lists, if I wake up one day and I'm on a Ukrainian hit list, that's about as serious as it gets for me. Let's, hey, 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 Voldemort, let's not put me anywhere. Thank you. Just, I mean, that is frightening. <laughs> so uh, let's play this clip of this NBC journalist out in Crimea. Is Crimea Russian or Ukrainian? Russian, Crimea конечно. is Russian. Yeah. Of course, Russian. 73-year-old uh, Praxovia uh, tells me. Oh. He will not get Crimea back. Because we have our commander-in-chief, Putin. <laughs> Every one of them told us that they are Russian and that if President Zelensky thinks Ukrainian forces can come here, they will fight them. President Zelensky has said that the Ukraine war started here and it will end here. But no one was able to tell us how it will end and how much more blood will be spilt. So, you know, again, a pretty milquetoast segment there. Nothing, nothing too big of a deal, right, guys? I didn't think so. I don't think I want to. And yeah, here we are. There he is. He's on the Ukrainian hit list. This guy, NBC uh, news journalist Kier Simmons, recently went to Crimea and reported that most Crimeans are pro-Russia. Now Ukraine has put him on its hit list website for reporting this fact. Wow. Meanwhile, what? The war in Ukraine is accelerating to the, the global drive towards killer robots. This article was posted by Annie Jacobson. Okay. And uh, it was basically for anybody who had read the Pentagon's brain. And why, why is that important? I mean, take a look. Because they're doing it. The role, it's not just death from above and Starlink, okay, although that's a big part of it. It's death from below. It's remote controlled or automated little death bots. And those have been utilized for a long time. And more and more they're being utilized. The battlefield is supposedly no place for humans, according to DARPA. Just want to. Point that out, everybody. That's their own little slogan. Okay? So, a, a big deal. A big deal. All right. Um, I want to play this clip. And this is out of uh, Lake Arrowhead, uh, California. Now, as a lot of you guys know, they just got a bunch of snow. Uh, California, large state, big coast. They did get snow in places they don't, don't normally. I think this is San Bernardino County. And that's one of those places. Uh, this is a, another story that just shows you they don't care about you. The biggest virtue signaling states and governors out there don't care about you 
or the little guy, the voter. They don't care about you. Now, an example of this was very evident to me via what? Via um, what happened in Buffalo. So let people freeze to death. New York, large, New York is a physically large state. Buffalo, Rochester, Albany, Syracuse, all those places are nothing to scoff at population-wise, too. And even if they were super rural, that wouldn't make a damn bit of difference to me. Human beings live there. You think Hochul gave a rat's ass about those people? No. Do you think that Newsom cares about these people that have now been snowed in for five days with no end in sight? Absolutely trucking not. So let's play this clip right here. Hi, my name is Michelle Calkins. I'm a full-time local resident in Lake Arrowhead, California, in San Bernardino County. The communities of Crestline, Lake Arrowhead, and Running Springs are screaming and begging for help from our state. Our county declared a state of emergency, but doesn't seem to still be taking it serious. People are trapped in their homes and have been for now more than five days because the streets are not plowed. The snow has now accumulated up to about nine feet on those streets. People cannot walk anymore. There are moms, personal friends who are low on formula that will only last them a day or two left. They have been calling the emergency hotline and no one is taking us serious. Please, we are begging you, send help. We need help. This is not a joke. We are not Mammoth. We are not Tahoe. We are not Big Bear. We are not a city. We are unincorporated and we need help. People are trapped in their homes. They cannot get medicine, heart medicine, insulin. The stories could go on and on. Please, we beg you. We need help from the state. Are you listening? Are you listening? No, they don't care about you. They like to grandstand and Johnny nonsense. And uh, if you were watching the or listening to the second hour yesterday, we brought up Thomas Massey. Thomas Massey is the dude. Thomas Massey, congressman uh, out of Kentucky. Here, Thomas Massey owns John Kerry's ass on the idea that carbon, ooh, carbon dioxide is going to get us all. It's going to kill us all. And, you know, Massey actually has. Uh, degrees in uh, the the actual sciences, not you know, on, in biology, not you know, political science like John Kerry. What's the consensus on parts per million of uh, CO two in the atmosphere? About four hundred six, four hundred six today. Okay, four hundred six. Are you aware? Three hundred and fifty being the level that scientists have said is danger. Okay, are you aware? Three hundred fifty is dangerous. Wow. Are you aware that since mammals have walked the planet? The average has been over a thousand parts per million. Yeah, but we weren't walking the planet. It, it, it's um, let me just share with you that we now know that definitively, at no point during the least the past eight hundred thousand years has atmospheric CO two been as high as it is today. The reason That's you chose eight hundred thousand years ago is because for two hundred million years before that, it was greater than the, than it is today. And I'm going to say for the record. Yeah, but there weren't human beings. I mean, there was a different world, folks. We didn't have 7 oh, billion people. So how did it get to 2,000 parts per million if we humans weren't here? Exactly. So, again, they're talking about uh, their logic is so ridiculous. Something that is five times where we're at today 
with all sorts of mammals and even an ice age at these moments, right? And all these real geological events, it shows you that we have little to do with the carbon in the atmosphere that's creating this quote-unquote climate change. Remember, it used to be global warming, but now it's climate change. Because there were all kinds of geologic events happening on Earth which spewed Did up. Did geology stop when we got on the planet? Mr. Chairman, I, I, this is just not a serious conversation. Your, your testimony is not serious. <laughs> not a serious conversation. He's like, your testimony isn't serious. My man, Massey. My man, Thomas Massey. I do like Massey. All right. I'm going to do for the next um, 20 minutes or so is we're going to play some of this interview with Mel Kay about a plethora of issues, including the Chinese spy balloon and, and really what's actually taking place in this um, global takeover. You know, we, we, we showed you some of the real-time tech. And they, again, when I say they, a predator class so badly wants you to buy into this system of virtual enslavement, of not feeling enough, of disconnecting you from your actual humanity. Your actual humanity. It's, it's wild. I know. It seems like something out of a sci-fi picture. But I assure you, it is exactly what they're doing. So let's see. Let's bring it right to about here. You might hear a little uh, uh, behind the scenes, as we often do. That happens. But you know what? Why not? We do it live here. Without further ado, my conversation with Mel Kay. It's yeah. working because, you know, we need we need more people in the middle than, than on either side. So you're, you're helping that, that happen. Trying. Okay. It's so funny, though, when I read, like, a total right wing, like, that I don't even like and I can't stand. And they'll be like, and on Jason Burmis, he said, da, da, da. And I'm like, oh, my God, Jason Burmis would be like, oh, God. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Three, two, one. Recording in progress. Welcome back to the Mel K Show. I am, as always, so excited. My guest today is, uh, I have been following him for a long time. He's been on here before. I have watched him grow. He is one of the most important voices, in my opinion, in America right now, telling the truth. He is a deep dive journalist. He's a documentary filmmaker, and he's my friend. Welcome, Jason Burmis, to the Mel K Show. Thanks so much, Mel, and it was great seeing you now a little over a month ago over in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, for the uh, last Clay Clark's Reawaken America tour. Yeah, yeah, but we'll be seeing you again on the road, and we got more things to do ahead. But what's great is that you have uh, gotten a show, you have a show on Red Voice, and I tell you, like I was just telling you off air, it's so funny because what we need, and, and I've been saying this a long time, we kind of do it on Union of the Unwanted and some other places, but what we really need is, is where people can find common ground, middle ground. I don't care if you're left, right, anarchist, you know, libertarian, whatever it is. The truth is we are all in the same battle at the end of the day, and there is no sides if there's no America, and uh, they're going at full steam ahead. But you are, uh, you're crossing that, that gamut that's been very hard for people to figure out. And I wanted to talk just a little bit before we get into some of the deep stuff that you have uh, uncovered on many levels. Um, that has been a hard, uh, a hard road for most people, and you seem to be doing that. What do you, how are you feeling about this new um, kind of uh, opportunity that you've been given to kind of speak to everyone? I think you're handling it beautifully, and you've always been a middle, you've always said on your shows it's not about left or right, but right and wrong. But now, you know, you're fully living that, and I think inspiring others. 
Well, thank you so much. Um, you know, I think it's going well, right? Uh, I'm able yeah. to say whatever I want on my show. I'm able to have any guest that I want on there. Uh, you know, Pasta Jardula, he's on the Union of the Unwanted sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but also Convo Couch and AM Wake Up. Pretty left-leaning guy, just spoke over Oh, yeah, at the good Rage. friends with him. Yeah. yeah, Rage Against the War Machine did a great job. I really loved yeah. his speech. Um, Jimmy Dore, very yeah. uh, big leftist also over there. And actually, last weekend, um, just through a coincidence, and I take every opportunity that I have, Kurt Metzger, who's often on the Jimmy Dore show and writes for the Jimmy Dore show, he was uh, a couple hours away doing comedy, and my buddy was opening up for him. So we actually went out there, and I was able to spend some time with uh, Kurt Metzger. And now I've got him uh, texting me about Martin Rothblatt and transhumanism oh, <laughs> and all sorts of good stuff. So, cool. you know, really, I I've always said this. It doesn't really matter what the political persuasion of the person next to you across from you is if you can make a human connection. And if you can make that human connection and you can find something that you agree on, you can work your way out and really bring the conversation to a place maybe they weren't expecting and them giving you respect as long as you give them respect back. I mean, obviously, the Reawaken America tour isn't like a custom glove fit for my, me either. I mean, that's a pretty conservative, um, religious type of tour. And yet I'm able to have conversations with people like Peter McCullough for the very first time there, yeah. meet people like Jay Dyer and Ryan Christian from The Last American Vagabond. So it shows you that there are people, I think, on both sides of the spectrum, some that will identify as a leftist or a progressive, some conservative Republican that are looking for truth, right? Yeah. And they're willing to have those conversations. And it's it's the complete opposite of how the mainstream media would like to present it, to try to push us into more division and this uh, narrative of some kind of a civil war. Folks, if we ever break out in a civil war in this country, nobody wins. Nobody wins right. because the people at the top don't care who wins as long <laughs> as the regular people, the surf class, the plebs lose. And I right. guarantee you, we get into a physical conflict with one another, we all lose. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is no way to go. And I, honestly, I, I believe that people, this is the best part. And, and you know, when I first, uh, I remember the first time that we were in Tulsa together and we all went out after and it was just, we went to a great live music place and it was just totally fun. And we just realized like we, everyone just wants the government to leave us alone <laughs> and do their job. Why is everyone talking about politics? I didn't grow up like this. You didn't grow up like this. This became a, a psyop to just make us divided and crazy. And here we are, and we all followed the pandemic. You didn't. You got the heck out of here. But, you know, here we are, Jason. And now, and you've been on the front lines a long time, but the, plan, the chaos that they are causing, the psychological damage, the mental health problems, the... the drug and alcohol and suicide and everything that's going on is by design and every single day we get a new story it turns the cycle the last story is forgotten they're on to the next thing and um you're very good and this is why i highly recommend your daily show to people in the morning because it kind of keeps you focused but what you do i think uh, almost better than almost anyone i watch regularly which is only a small group of people now because i don't have time but also i i don't have time to, to sort through it myself you kind of say, that's a distraction. That's diluting the truth. This is what you should be paying attention to. And on that side of it right now, 
what are the things that are actually newsworthy, that are, are worthy of people paying attention to? Because you every day say, I'm not going into that because that doesn't matter. And, and yet the, the mainstream media that day is talking about that nonstop. Yeah. Uh, you know, that I think that I, I kind of am mindful of what everybody else is talking about. What's making its right. rounds, not only uh, in mainstream media, but also being talked right. about and harped upon in the alternative media. You know, not everything in my Twitter feed is going to make it. Most of the hot <laughs> takes out there, I don't really agree with. And, and I would probably give an example um, of holding back, waiting a minute, I, I think giving... Um, uh, a more in-depth perspective that's more along the lines of reality than most people and then having it confirmed and I, and I think the latest story that exemplifies that is the balloon story you know i was so tempted mel just like so many others that actually did it where all of a sudden in the news cycle i'm seeing a balloon in montana and it's chinese spy balloon chinese spy balloon chinese right. spy balloon and now it's on every network every network and i'm like I'm looking at it and I'm like, man, maybe I should go live. But I, you know, I probably would have taken a bit more of a contrarian view if I did. But I waited a few days and I said, you know, and, and this was by the time that there were several other balloons. And and out of the gates, I said, look, I don't believe this is a Chinese spy balloon. I mean, everybody's telling you it is one. And I would say, yeah. if you look at it, I guarantee, yeah, there's probably some Chinese parts. But what does it look like? You know, forget what everybody else told you. Take a look at it. What's it look like? It looks like a satellite and a damn big one. Right. So you had this. Uh satellite on a balloon that was the size of three buses now again most people they're in imagination land they, they're absorbed by hollywood and infotainment and really don't understand the space program even at a micro level so they don't understand hey it's not easy to get something into orbit that's the size of three buses in fact they don't do that mel <laughs> like for those that don't understand the iss itself which is similar in size to that satellite it's not much bigger was put together in space. Why? Number one, it's very, very hard and difficult to get things into orbit. You know, I, I played a, a clip on my show of even Elon Musk saying, hey, it's pretty easy to get into space, but it's a hundred times harder to get into orbit. And low Earth orbit isn't the only one. There are separate levels of getting into orbit. So the first thing I said to everybody is you have to realize there's actually a, a large global network of satellites that are on balloons that they don't discuss and everybody goes well why would they do that we're so much further technologically yeah but what is tried and true and tested and works okay exactly. what works they work <laughs> okay so a few days go by after even the incidents of the other three and i had posited you know one of the reasons this thing may have gone down is number one we're putting up a ton of starlink in fact on my show um yesterday I showed the global network of Starlink, and I'm not sure if you've seen that video, but it, it surrounds the planet now, okay? It's everywhere, it surrounds the planet, it is the artificial skin that uh, members of NASA were talking about back in 2016 at that Transformers conference. So that's there. And I said, look, with those, you have other communication systems that aren't Starlink, the CubeSats, the NanoSats. Uh, for instance, I've shown my audience, they have satellites literally the size of a building block now that go up into separate types of orbit. And they even have elementary kids building these things. Now, other CubeSats, they almost look like a, a Christmas package, right? Something around that size. But these are very different from what you've seen traditionally. So 
I thought maybe, you know, they're putting these things up. They're having problems up there. They admitted this thing had a propeller and propulsion systems on it, right? So obviously it's automatically moving. Maybe putting these things up into orbit caused some problems, took out some of the things. And those things are normally at 100,000, 60,000 minimum. They drop down to the 30, 20,000 range. Now you can see them as a human being, okay? I think that's what happened. I think that's what those networks are. And then Hirsch comes out. And he says that they are actually part of a global satellite network along the Arctic Circle that is um, managed by Fairbanks, Alaska, where he's actually given uh, a lecture. And, and what does he mean by that? Well, those that circumvent the Arc Arctic Circle don't have a lot to go by on navigation systems. So this satellite network is there to help them with that bare minimum. And it was Hirsch's contention that these uh, balloons were actually satellites knocked out of that network. Now, again, we can speculate as to why. And I would say my heaviest speculation, okay? Right. And, and I always preface this stuff because I don't know. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of talk of, obviously, I talk about space warfare, but a harp trended right before the uh, Syrian and Turkey earthquakes, right? Now, I'm not saying it was harp. I'm right. saying I saw some weird videos where there were flashes of light, and I know that we have this right. technology. Now, if you are dealing with that and atmosphere and that type of weaponry, there's a good chance that you're going to knock out some of the hardline satellite systems that you have there. And that might be what happened. Could be weather, anything. But uh, I believe that they're part of a larger actual satellite network that's still classified via treaties. If you are, for instance, uh, China just sent their uh, astronauts up to the Tianyang space station that they've built. That was just, uh, I think, within the last week and a half. We have to remember that in Kazakhstan, the United States and Russia went up to the ISS together. You know, that this is a right. joint program. There are joint treaties that we are not privy to. Okay, right. so this looks like that network. And, and that is important because we should understand how the infrastructure works. Because at the same time that China takes Oh, well, that's ours, but it's an eco-surveillance balloon, which it very well may have been. And may right, have, right, exactly. Yeah, may have, it may have not been in there, but we have to understand the right. greater networks, the technology. We have to get out of this narrative of red China bad, USA Patriot good, right. and that's everybody. I mean, how many people jumped on that? I mean, people were talking to me about EMPs and the like distributing bioweapons via these balloons. Guys, don't let's get into reality here the reality is they didn't want any eyeballs on that thing they were embarrassed that it was there they took it out to the ocean before they took it out and then all the other ones there's not a picture of them again they waited until they got to the ocean and they took them out they they do that because they don't want to want you to see the actual infrastructure and they don't want you to have the actual narrative because yeah is china the model mel we've talked about it it is the model they like the social credit score they like the one party system they like the command and control but they have to pit that against freedom and democracy. And how much freedom and democracy do we really do we have free and fair elections here anymore? Are you no. really allowed to go anywhere you want? You're still in New York. You know, my brother was up here from New York last week talking about how he still can't go see a doctor without putting a mask on three right, years later. That is insanity, Mel. Insanity, and yeah, I'm in Florida right now, though. But I still live in New York, and I uh, and look, I watch you run, and I, I, I the whole time, every time I see you, I'm like, oh, 
God, I should have liked you. But um, yeah, no, here's the crazy part too. I was talking to somebody about this, this China. First of all, all the information we're getting in general are, is bogus. I, I believe that on the, on the highest level, everything, uh, China, Russia, Taiwan, Ukraine, this, that, it's all, there is, there is no truth coming out and it's behind the scenes, but this is something you just brought up and I wonder what you think of this. I was talking to a guy that was talking about geoengineering and, and HARP and, and all of the stuff that they have that they've had for decades, it's not new. Um, and he was saying that all of the militaries would have to be working together that it couldn't be one nation or, or one group manipulating the weather alone. Like he, he was kind of saying that, no, on a very high level, what we're talking about couldn't be, would have to be a joint venture between all of them. And he said, and that's the, because he was all, he's also one of those people that say, yeah, you can look at Davos, you can look at this and that, you can say, well, Russia and China are here, and then the U.S. is here, and U.K. is here. He's like, but some of this stuff, they have to all be in it together. It, it, that's not the way it works. What, what do you think of that high-level concept where you're talking about the shell that NASA talked about in the document that you've once talked about on here, that they needed to have their you know, fourth industrial revolution, internet of bodies, you know, full takeover of our natural assets and natural resources, that it would have to be all of the nation, all of the, the high level, the tippy top, the, the, the puppet masters of all of the nations working together against all of humanity. I mean, all of us. Uh, so, what's your thoughts on that? I think that that is um, sort of correct. I don't think it's every single nation state. I think those that have made it into space and are first world nations and have that technology, absolutely. Um, like I said, I think it's part of those agreements. Now, whether or not they are carrying out operations in which they utilize weather warfare or geoengineering on a, on a high level scale to, to hurt people, like we're talking about inducing earthquakes or tsunamis, etc. I don't know about that, but I, I do believe that there's obviously a network that's agreed upon when they do want to do cloud seeding or other type of uh, manipulation. I think at the end of the day, you already have this supranational network of intelligence agencies that we know. Forget about Five Eyes, right? That's just one example of it. Um, but you obviously have that USA, UK, Saudi, Israeli alliance on some level. Right. You have the Palantirs of the world, right? right. So yeah. I, I think, you know, and this is something um, James Corbett and I have spoken about many, many times, is that obviously there is a, a group outside of nation states that have similar goals and are willing to work together. Now, does that mean that old Vladimir is having conversations with Joey B behind the scenes that we don't know about? No, of course not. First of all, Joe Biden is a figurehead. Uh, I, I would argue that probably, you know, Putin runs more, but there are many people behind the scenes there. And the same thing right. with Xi Jinping, you know, it, he may be the great leader. He's not leading 1.2 billion people alone. So right. I, I think, number one, you, you do have an agreement, especially on certain types of propulsion systems and weapon systems, period. Right. To, to think that nuclear weapons are the most dangerous. We already kind of know that's not the case. We've seen some of the laser weapons, for instance, in action. So yeah. I, I agree in the sense that I, I do believe that, you know, you talked about Davos. Yeah, that's just a mouthpiece. You know, Bilderberg, just a meeting area. I, I think you do have a consortium of powerful people that do have this technology and work together outside of nation states. You know, I, 
One, one of the most impressive things I've heard out of Flynn, for instance, uh, it was a couple of these back. I think it was either in Pennsylvania or New York. And I was hanging out with the Epic Times. They were next to me. And they were doing a, an hour. They'd end up doing like an hour with Flynn. And so I was listening in. And Flynn said, look, I know of at least one group that has the um, resources and abilities of an entire nation state. And I would agree with that. You know, yeah. I, I think in very in many ways, the nation state is antiquated. Uh, for instance, I was I was talking to uh, Ian Crossland uh, and we'll stop it there. I know a lot of you guys watched the interview with Ian Crossland uh, about 40 more minutes of that interview with Mel Kay. There's also a couple more clips that I want to play on the uncensored portion of the broadcast that we probably can't get away with here on uh, YouTube. I want to remind everybody you can listen for free. Over at Podbean, we're going to give the cue to the producer that we're going to start going over one by one. But remember, redvoicemedia.com slash Jason, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. And that's where you can watch the uncensored second hour of the broadcast four days a week, Monday through Thursday. And remember, every single day, we also release the premium from two weeks ago. I got to start posting uh, a few of those uh, bits and pieces over on YouTube and Rockfin. Uh, there's some really good ones. There's some ones where I've done some in-depth watch-alongs. Uh, you know, unfortunately, a lot of them can't go up in full on YouTube, but we're going to try to put them up, at least the vast majority of it, over at Rockfin. So, Rockfin, thank you so much. We'll see you on the flip. Um, YouTube, Ariva Durchi. We do have Mixed Martial Mindset coming up tonight as well, everybody. Uh, Twitter. We're going to say goodbye to you as well. And uh, we rumbling, but we ain't rumbling that much more. And, you know, with Rumble, I've got multiple channels if I want them. So there, there may be a point where we do do like a clip show channel. We got to get some interns. But we got more producers coming in on RVM, and they're already doing a bang-up job of clipping this stuff and putting it out there and having it on all sorts of platforms such as BitChute and Band.Video as well. And Band.Video... Also, get some eyeballs on this material, which is important. So, uh, with that being said, we are good to go. And we're going to go right back to this interview uh, that I did with uh, Mel Kay recently about the state of the world and a uh, globalist takeover of hate and lies of Timcast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he posited posited that the military industrial complex, although, you know, abstractly may be a bad thing, six out of the eight largest weapons manufacturers are located here in the United States. So don't we want to be in control of the military industrial complex if indeed it is going to exist? And I would posit that if in fact we were talking about nation states, sure, but that's not what we're talking. We're talking about arms dealing internationally right. we're talking about cutting deals with people like prince andrew who were the uk's arms dealer exactly uh, cutting deals with saudi arabia oh it's so easy to point out it's bad they have golf <laughs> but let, <laughs> let's look at reality israel right, right. would be another one and, and the fact of the matter is we've been lied to so much that if you had one of these large-scale weapons go quote-unquote rogue and be used um I think you're in a case where they could blame it on anybody and right. more and more, would they blame it on a nation state 
well, maybe Russia, but it would be probably Russia in conjunction with ISIS or Al-Qaeda and white supremacists. So, so you always have to look at the narrative, right, uh, of these things. And, and I think it is a good thing to expand uh, outside of just the United States, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the military-industrial complex, Russia, China, and, and more to these abstract ideas of command and control collectivism and the movement towards that around the world, and, and really these NGOs that are being set up as the authoritative, uh, authoritative governing bodies that had no governing powers whatsoever, and now all of the sudden the entire world is signing on to treaties that we don't have to follow, Mel, but we're the ones that are writing the provisions. Like That's right. a big debunk on this latest uh, attempt at the climate accord over yeah. at uh, the United Nations for those, or the pandemic who, who accord. So it's the same exact right. thing because- Well, it's the same thing, the same people, the same the same nonsense, because they have no authority and, and giving them, you know, uh, that is, is insane. But I like what you're saying here. I also think this about the think tanks having so much power. Uh, we don't know where their money's coming from. They're 501c4s, a lot of them. Who, who knows who's running these things? And they're the ones writing our legislation. It's not it's not the puppets or the actors. They're all actors to me, the Uniparty in, in D.C. They're, they're actors. You know, I spent a long time in Hollywood. I know what actors do, and that's what they do. They, they read lines, and somebody else is writing it. And they're not geniuses, and they're not... You know they're, they're puppets and uh but what you're saying is, is i was just talking to somebody else about this which is we we've been told this this guy was saying you know we look at soros we look at rothschild we look at rockefeller he believes that these guys are put forward for a reason because he was citing the original and you, you did uh invisible empire and shade and a lot of so you've been digging into this a long time he brought up that uh robertson uh the 700 club guys new world order book and said you know why would they let the the guys who rockefeller and rothschild could have shut that down nobody would ever have seen the book the new york times wouldn't have had it as a bestseller it wouldn't have been done he says the same thing about when when uh when soros shorted uh in london that he came out like I did it, you know, and he said these people come forward and then everyone points at like those specific people as if they have solely the ability to pull off any of this. And he's, his thought is that there is a people above them that don't want you to know who they are. And, and that, that these guys are okay with being the, the front lines, but that what we're dealing with, and then that would go more towards what you're saying is that there's, consortiums like general flynn's that's why i thought of this saying that there is a group of people that have the money the power the ability all of that in fact trump said it one time in his speech or no in an interview he said that there's a group of people that have all the money all the power their own military that they could do anything they want and so that's what i'm thinking we're kind of dealing with more and that we don't even you know that that's kind of they could be from Russia and China and the U.S. and South America and Africa and all over. And we wouldn't know that they're, they're just playing a different game than, than we're stuck in. You know, I, I do think that there are certain folks that you never hear of or, or their names that absolutely do wield power. In fact, that's in um, Edward Bernays' book, Propaganda. It's the opening. It's the introduction. It's, it's, uh, it's what I quote in Invisible Empire. However... Let's let's talk about David Rockefeller and George Soros specifically, because obviously Rockefeller hasn't been around yet. His ideal set 
still is after all these years. And it doesn't look like old Georgie boy has much time left. Everybody's showing that clip where he's barely able to speak. I mean, hey, that, that's the great thing about humanity. Nobody lives forever. Okay. Hey, you got one run, everybody. Get, get you. You don't get to go back. I'm big, big on that. Okay. Like you are going to die no matter how much power you have on this planet, no matter right. what you believe. And I, I have so many people out there that are like, well, I mean, first of all, you, you've got what I would consider um, people that are outside of the realm of reality where they're like, no, they're living forever and they're taking their souls or their bodies oh, yeah. and transplant, you know, in, in these weird rituals or science. I, I don't think that's the thing. I do think some right. of them are actually cryogenically freezing themselves and uh, yeah. hoping that they can live forever. That is very much part of transhumanism and people like Peter Thiel openly are doing that. Like he's openly going to freeze himself if he hasn't figured right. out or immortality and he's far from the only one. Right. Why do I want to talk about Soros? and Rockefeller in particular. Gangsters love to brag. Criminals love to brag. And when you're at the forefront of an international criminal cartel, which both of those guys are, you love it. Okay. And what people don't understand is they both have, although very different, in my opinion, pretty similar military backgrounds. What do I mean? A lot of people don't understand. David Rockefeller was Office of Naval Intelligence. Only, first of all, is really, everybody talks about the OSS as a precursor to the CIA. What they don't talk about is the Office of Naval Intelligence as a conduit for CIA agents and assets, especially in its inception. Okay, so the Office of Naval Intelligence is a big deal. And David Rockefeller, in his own writings, talked about that being a big deal. And he had his own um, Dewey Decimal System. So, you know, back in the day when you would go look for a book and you didn't have right. a computer, you had this, these big, you pull it out and there'd be a card system. He had that card system. In fact, uh, there was a great article like five or six years ago after his death that was showing some of these cards. They were showing the cards right. in Kissinger. I remember that. Yeah, very I interesting. I, maybe stuff. I saw you talk about it, but I know the story. It, it's very yeah. interesting. So you had this guy that had worked intelligence knew how to network with people, was very, very organized. And if you read his book, <laughs> his own book, again, in my films, he talks about how some have accused him and his family in trying to build a supranational new world order outside of the sovereignty of nation states. I know that you have brought it up, the actual quote uh, in your presentations, and he, he just openly brags, yes, we yeah. are trying to do that. So right. there is no doubt that he's a conduit for that. And it, you look at the institutions that he helped champion, things like the United Nations, the politicians that he got behind, whether it be Bush one or right. Reagan, it's all there. And you have to remember him and uh, uh, Henry Kissinger, who's still around at 100, were like peanut butter and jelly. OK, I know. Yeah. So now, now let's look at Soros. So no doubt that Soros helped round up people for the Nazis. Let me repeat that. He helped round people up for the Nazis. Was he a teenager? Yes. He had a, a complete different identity. Even the person that took him in and said that he was his father has said this. And, and again, that guy was working for the Nazis under high pressure. And uh, I believe it's Kissander is the name of uh, Soros while he was evading the Nazis. So look, he got as a, as an even younger man than uh, David Rockefeller, a lesson in high level military operations during world war. 
very smart, very regimented, survived and thrived in that environment. Okay. So the, so, so just those two guys are guys that got operational training, Mel. So it doesn't shock me that those are the guys that are kind of out in the forefront and speaking, you know, a lot of the times and, and the uh, groups surrounding them and they hire. I still believe, like you said, that there are people behind the scenes, but just, just like I've said before, nobody lives forever. Like the Rothschild, uh, you, you don't see them as much coming out and talking about things, but every once in a while you could tune into Bloomberg, right. Or some other kind of financial show. And you'd see, um, uh, Amshel Rothschild or one of the, one of the other Rothschilds talking about this. Now, I think it's David Rothschild is the youngest. He's the hip guy. Right his, now, yeah, yeah, he's the hung, hip guy in his 40s and he's attached himself to the green movement. Uh, very much so that that's his big deal. But you look at that group and you don't hear about them as much just kind of in the background because people know that they're attached to banking and people are suspicious of bankers because they are high level criminals. Yes, <laughs> yes. Period. So you, you yeah. look at that group, and I think that they also had power. But guess what? We had one of the Rothschilds die this year, too, Mel. <laughs> I, know. I think we had two of them die in the last two years. And and another thing, this is a good thing that you're saying this, because I, I now call it the Poison Ivy League. But I have to tell you, I, I think that as they dumb down our children and as they uh, push, like, greed and vanity and, and uh, the whole, I believe, the whole reality TV side <laughs> and, 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 you know, and the Jay-Z and the money and then. I think they dumbed down their own kids. So the heirs that would be coming down, uh, coming up under them are not there. And they're certainly not Kissinger and Brzezinski uh, acolytes. And if you look at a lot of these people that then come in and are operatives, in my opinion, come through Oxford and the Rhodes people, and then also through the Kennedy School. Well, since they made it all about skin color, diversity, equity, inclusion, you know, putting in these people, their, their kids aren't, don't really seem that interested, at least the, the few I know of aren't going into that world. And so they're replacing them with, with subpar uh, people below them that I don't think are, can even contemplate on the level of Brzezinski or Kissinger, who were the, you know, real like gurus of this, of this one world government crowd of Klaus Schwab himself, you know, came through Kennedy school, all the people that came through the Kennedy's, you know, Obama and, and, you know, there's other people, Pompeo, Bill O'Reilly, you know, there's a lot of people that went through there left and right, not one side, but and Wexner, you know, is a big funder there too. But I'm telling you these, these programs that seem to have been the training ground for those that, road scholar type round table crew ideas they seem to have dumbed down their own <laughs> without realizing it because i don't see that i don't see the next generation upcoming i really don't and i look around and i just see a bunch of people that want to make surfboards and stuff <laughs> well i say this look at the uh administration that's in power right now it's nothing but <laughs> mediocrity right there, there's nobody there to me that i would say is somebody that's in control um, that has an idea of what's really going on, Mel. I mean, and I'm talking about the, the highest levels here. I'm talking about Secretary of Defense. I'm talking about right. Secretary of State there. I'm talking about the Blinkens of the world. I'm t talking yeah. about the bootlickers of the world. I don't think that they understand the gravity of what this collectivist one world order agenda is. I think that those guys are mid-level yes-men and political grifters that understand how the system works, has, have been around the, the codified lies and talking points 
you know, for decades. They know about that and they know how to say that. And they, hey, I've got this great job and I'm going to work for, you know, a contractor. Once I get out, I'm going to be a millionaire. And they're just looking at that pattern, right? And I think if you go the generation before them, you did have the big thinkers, the movers and yeah. shakers, the, the Brzezinski's in particular, that even did pass that nepotistic value set onto their um, onto their offspring. Look at Mika, yeah. right? I think Mika. Well, Mika, the, the other brother is the ambassador of Poland, and the other brother is runs the Atlantic Council. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, no, they're the real deal. Like, like, they, like that's that's an example of of passing down. Um, you know, again, this value set that leads to collectivism and a quote unquote new world order. I think that that very much the the generation below that. Right. First of all, they're interacting with a new generation that's constantly talking about the Illuminati. Right. That's not something that was really discussed during my generation at all. We were more concerned about I mean, aliens and Area 51. And that that was the big conspiracy. I didn't even realize that a generation before there were books like uh, Robert Anton uh, Wilson's uh, Illuminatus and all these other things. I, I wasn't really even familiar with the term until I, I came across Alex Jones and then started searching into what it was. So I, I really, I would say in the 80s and 90s, you know, it was almost gone. The idea that secret societies were controlling things. And it, I guess it was kind of a far right idea that it was Christian conservatives warning about a one world government, a new world order, and microchipping of the human population. Right. Didn't hear much about that. Now, I'd say post 9-11, internet age, that's when people can now dig into all this stuff. They realize, at least on a micro level, that they're being lied to, at least in this country, about weapons of mass destruction. Iraq, possibly what happened on 9-11, even if it's on the peripheral with Saudi Arabia. So you get people to start looking into this stuff. Right. Now, all of a sudden, you know, people are looking at real information, but then there's just an explosion of actual disinformation, actual misinformation, right. you know, the super uh, natural that's not real, right? Or, you know, all these... I've got a source here or here's a I document know. that we don't know is verified and blah, blah. Let's look at this. Let's put our eyes on this. So then you mix it all together and you get to discredit those people. And it actually spawns a Hollyweird culture ideal set where now it's hip and cool to allude that you're a part of that. And now it's even forget about taking your eyes off Soros or Rockefeller or those behind them. You're looking at fucking Jay-Z and Beyonce. What are they? They were on shit. <laughs> but everyone, ah, they, you know, ah. And that continues. And then in turn, that makes the whole thing cartoonish. You know what I mean? You start talking about it. And oh, right. you're talking about and, and then those people aren't even involved. So I think, especially at this point in time, we've got to realize that, you know, there's a reason that we got Illuminati Taco Bell commercials. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it's not what people think. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, exactly. This is what I say because this is why I say you, you do you do multiple things. But one thing you do really well on your show is you you show where the truth is being diluted, like where it might it has truth to it, and there's part to it. But then there's it's coming in and it's being made into a joke, like kind of just so fantastical. This is what I think about the those drops and all that everyone talk about. And listen, early on, I didn't know anything. I just came from Hollywood and I was trying to expose like the, the pedophile trafficking stuff. But I, I met people and they, they had intel. They had intel. I don't know who was intel. 
at, at this point, unless I can find it myself or I hear like trusted people, you're one of them. I don't care. <laughs> There's enough that is true. Okay. That is that you can find, but, um, but that is the, but what is happening is that so many people have come in with total BS, but yeah, honestly, and let me, let me stop you there, millions of people <laughs> jump on anything to feel like, okay, now we're winning. And it's like, no, 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 that's it's, it's, you're diluting there. There's a lot of truth there, but once then you put in just the, the a little tiny piece, then we're off to the races and we lose, and, and we lose this whole chunk of people. Yeah. So, so let's talk about, um, probably one of the most glaring examples recently of that via the Epstein case. Oh, good, good. I was going to, we had to go there at some point. So I, it's really important because there are two things happening right now with the Epstein case that are totally and completely legit and people need to be looking into and understanding that this is a big deal. And then right. there are two things that are totally going viral <laughs> that are everywhere that are- That you reported two years ago. Well, they're not real. <laughs> they're total and complete bullshit. Okay. Right. So, so let's start with the, the list. Okay. I saw this after I had done some reporting on the fact that on February 7th, we're now almost three weeks away from that, um, you had a judge in the Virginia Gouffray Roberts case say, right. we can unseal all of these documents finally. And from 2017 to 2019, as you just talked about, there were a ton of dumps, including the Gouffray Roberts case, the Sarah Ronson case, and so many others. And one of the things that I was doing is as those drops were happening, I was grabbing the PDF files. I was putting them online and I was going and reading them. them. Yeah. Reading them. I was doing keyword searches and that's, that's where you got Bill Richardson. That's where you got George Mitchell. That's where you got Glenn Dubin. That's where you found out a girl woke up without her ID on an Island and couldn't ex right. escape all those things. And by the way, those are a lot of the videos that were targeted by YouTube and taken down for cyberbullying. You know, I was trying to explain to Metz cyberbullying. You were reading actual doc. You literally, you would sit there for two hours and read the whole document. <laughs> I so, watched the entire show. So again, yeah. again, documentation, cyberbullying yeah. somehow. So on the seventh, we get this story and the daily mail in particular says that it's going to name another 167 associates of Epstein. Maybe that's true. I'm waiting on it, okay? But for those that don't know, um, this is where you're going to find it, okay? So I check every day just to make sure that I haven't missed the dump. All the PDF files are on the side. If you're right. looking for real court cases of any sort, court listener is where you want to go, and that's where you can get the source material. So apparently 167 names. I also want people to understand that from 2017 to 2019, those documents also named a ton of associates of Epstein that have never been charged. Sarah right. Kalin, Leslie Groff, Nadia Marcinkova, and others. I remember when um, Virginia Gouffray's boyfriend was named by name in those documents, who she right. ran away with. I thought that was interesting. I remember when you had one of the housekeeper's names come up. She's deceased. That was interesting. I think when we talk about 160 plus other people, you're talking about those people and perhaps some other high level people. I'm going to say it again for the umpteenth time. There is no client list. There will never be a client list. That is not how that worked. In fact, Epstein himself also had the little Rolodex cards of everybody that he knew. That's not a client list. That's an association list. So when I right. see things and he going- he was also an actual businessman and he also 
we was a lot of people I know in in uh, in that circle in the bankers in New York. They trusted him to help them hide their money. He was very good at hiding people so they didn't have to pay taxes. So he was a legit. He was a might have been a blackmailer and a pedophile and a satanist or whatever. Mm -hmm. But he also had a legitimate financial business so well you know, a business that you that. could tell that he was running with the highest levels and i'm going to get to that and that's the second story that we really need to talk about that is real right now that nobody seems to be talking about because they're focusing on this list that doesn't exist so i put that story out i showed everybody where they could find it and then last week all of a sudden it's unlocked the list is here somebody just took all the documents that were already publicly available put them on a new website not hard to do and said here it is and, and unfortunately, there were big outlets, including InfoWars, that got the story wrong and headline. I immediately texted Rob Dew and had him take it down, by the way. I said, hey, but Rob, none of these are new. This is where you can find them when they are. There is no list. Stop. And yeah. so, you know, they realized it. You know, they got hooked like so many other people have. Yeah, I saw a couple of politicians out there, <laughs> and I won't say them to embarrass them, that said... Uh, you know, we need to see the list or whatever. And I'm, I, honestly, Jason, I tell everyone that I, I don't know if they can find your stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. You and uh, one other guy, Sean Atwood, literally read everything on your shows for two, three hours straight that now they're acting like it's new news. That's what I was going to ask you because I was like, oh, my God, how crazy is this that people are acting like news that has been out there for all this time is new news. And I understand these people come in. I, I never meant to be doing this, but these people come in, they have shows or they start websites and now they seem like like they're, they're breaking news and it's just so disingenuous. But I did want to talk about that, but there's two other things. So keep going. Yeah. yeah. So the big important. one is that's real. That's totally real. And going on right now outside of this case is the case with JP Morgan and Jess Staley. And this should be huge news. Like you just alluded to, Epstein was working with big banks and yes. Staley was one of them. Staley, I think he's over at Barclays now, but this is a guy that has been in these high level banking networks and the uh, communications, the emails that have been released just in this case alone right now, uh, posit between Epstein, him talking about say hello to Snow White for me, Mr. Epstein. And he goes, ah, ha, 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 ha. is there anything else that you'd like? And he said, uh, you know, how about some beauty and the beast action? And then, then the joke is, well, we can accommodate one half of that, whether it's the beauty or the, I don't know. It's big time funny to these people. I don't know yeah. whether they were talking about young girls or women. I can't yeah. tell you. I can tell you that they're in communications and that that's not so much. Again, he wasn't like, hey, let me pay you for these women. Let me buy these women from you. Instead, it's a network. It's cronyism. Now, in that case, Leslie Wexner, they have tried to depose him uh, or serve him, I'm sorry, seven times. They've tried to it's serve unbelievable. him. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable that this man is untouchable. <laughs> he, he's the key to it all, in my opinion. He's a big key. And, and for those that don't know, Les Wexner is the individual that sold Epstein his New York mansion for $10, okay, was named by numerous victims as somebody heavily involved in this entire thing, has been exonerated um, by the criminal investigations, okay, and in some cases, civil suits, including the Virginia Gaffrey Roberts case. Uh, he was actually represented by Alan Dershowitz in that case, okay? So Wexner tried to get, they tried to depose him seven different times in person for this case. A judge has now ruled, and this is huge, that he can be served by mail. Oh, wow. Now, if that's the case and he has to show up to this 
uh, hearing, that could make all the difference. You know, obviously the media is not talking about this, especially in this country. You would think after all the Ghislaine Maxwell stuff that the Staley and J.P. Morgan thing would be huge. Let me remind people, three years ago, J.P. Morgan got caught with a boat full of cocaine. Right. <laughs> I mean, again, a boat full of... I heard of, that from you too. <laughs> a boat full of cocaine. And connected to billionaire families, one of those families that we don't hear much about, Mel, that you were alluding to before, and that's not in the news. And they just said it was a couple of like the shipment guys. Bullshit. That's not how it works. You're no, <laughs> that's good that you're bringing that up. Also, don't don't forget that another thing happened with a uh, remember one of there's so much of this stuff. Remember, get one of Ga somebody that worked at Gates's house got snagged for like five thousand images of child porn, mm -hmm. and it was like, no, it was the gardener. You know, like, I mean, these guys, they get away with it so much. Wexner is a huge fish, and not just because of this, because I don't know if this is true, but um, what I, I, I found over the years um, is uh, that he was involved way back when, even in Mena, Arkansas, with Air America, that that all moved with Epstein and, and Clinton to Ohio. I mean, he's involved with the mega group, uh, American Jewish Congress, which are, you know, the Bronfmans and all that. I mean, Wexner to me has been, is also Kennedy School. He has a young global leaders at Harvard that is very similar to Klaus Schwab's young global leaders. Nobody talks about. So to me, if, if he, if he has to be deposed, see, here's my thing. He, that, that's when I could see him being either Arkansas or something else, but hopefully not. Hopefully he gets uh, deposed. I mean, that, that would be, uh, the biggest thing that could possibly happen in this whole thing, I think, because not that he would say anything, but a good lawyer. And then that's the other side of it. Do we have good lawyers and judges? But go ahead. That's a great. Uh, well, I think you were 100 percent right in everything you just said about Wexner. You talked I mean, about that's crazy that he has his hand in all of that going back since the beginning of Clinton. Obviously, before then, World Jewish Congress, you know, the whole everything with Israel and the, then the, uh, you know, England and all of it. So th that guy's a giant fish in this and I could not believe that he kept getting free passes over and over and over and there's people you look you you know the farmer sisters you've had them on they've told you flat out this guy's you know as as bad if not worse than Epstein so there is a report from Wexner that we go all the way back to 2003 and everything you just said from Air America um, to the other connections are there okay from the Wexner Institute, they put out a document, okay? And uh, this was Wexner's analysis for Israeli communications priorities of 2003. It was by a guy named uh, Frank Lutz. Now, what I want to point out here, okay? What I want to point out here, this is an article from 2003, okay? Well before Epstein gets arrested. First arrest. For, yes, right. yes, in Palm Beach. What does it say right here? What does it say right here? The townhouse, and we're talking about that Manhattan one, is now reportedly owned by Wexner's even more mysterious protege, Jeffrey E. Epstein. This is from 2003. Now, the report they're talking about that is written by Frank Lutz, okay, postates, oh, shit, we just toppled Saddam. We don't want this war to end. This is benefiting Israel. How do we get the American people to get behind this war and stay there? And you read this Lutz report, and they're talking about oh, wow. exploiting pregnant women and babies and propaganda pieces to right. let you know that you're not going anywhere. 
You know, the really crazy thing about this article, by the way, this is Rob Friticus. This is from uh, Free Press, is that in the next in the next paragraph, he breaks down what so many others didn't do for almost a, a decade and a half, and and really only. Uh, Whitney Webb and a handful of others pointed this out. Let me just read this. Epstein, who recently loaned his jet to President Clinton, <laughs> is usually seen in the company of Ghislaine Maxwell, daughter of deceased publishing tycoon Robert Maxwell. After Maxwell uh, fell or was pushed off of his yacht in 1991, it was revealed that he was working for the Israeli government and the Mossad, the Israeli intelligence service. Um, let me just say this. It was revealed before uh, he actually died. And, right, exactly. And they actually sued Seymour Hirsch. Hirsch is in the news again. How many times do I go to Hirsch? They sued Hirsch because he was the one making those revelations. There's a whole book on it. Okay. And then on top of that, Hirsch wins the lawsuit like two years after um, Maxwell dies. Right, and they have right. to make a ton of redactions. Let me just read this because it keeps going. <laughs> While Maxwell's ties to the Mossad are well documented, Epstein's connections are less well known. The London Sunday Times quoted a New York social observer describing Epstein as follows. He's Mr. Enigmatic. Nobody knows whether he's a con uh, concert pianist, a property developer, a CIA agent, a math teacher, or a member of Mossad. <laughs> that was in New York Magazine. Okay, I mean, this in the 90s. So and yeah. this is a 2003 article. Yeah, Wexner is important. And he seems to be, in my opinion right now, um, the most untouchable of yeah. the known yeah. um, cohorts of Epstein. Again, yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't know if you watched Ghislaine Maxwell in prison on 60 Minutes. They did it in Australia. They showed a little bit of her and her brother. Um, but something that wasn't brought up is, hey, what about Jean-Luc Brunel? who's in these pictures with you and Epstein, who has these connections, that died in a, in a prison in Spain of suicide. That's not brought up. They did ask her whether or not she thought Epstein uh, killed right. himself, and she thought that he was murdered. She lied right. through her teeth otherwise and, you know, played up the victim. That but, was disgusting. Well, the thing yeah. is, that thing should have been huge in the United States. Nope. Everybody's clamoring for They didn't even air it in this country. They didn't even air it in this country. Folks... You know, I, I often talk about this as a microcosm when we talk about geopolitics and things that should be huge stories like Epstein. But as a microcosm to that, I can't help but bring up Conor McGregor. And why do I do that? Because he's allegedly, from all the evidence I've seen, a violent serial rapist, okay, that is being protected by ESPN, Disney, and the UFC, who is currently being pushed by the UFC on the reality show Tough. And on top of that is getting a, a new fight. Now, for those that don't know, there was a recent allegation against him where a woman who was on his boat, okay, said that she was physically assaulted by him, punched and kicked, told she, she was going to be killed, and she jumped off the boat and was rescued by Red Cross. Now, this incident, hold it gets way better. <laughs> it gets way better, Mel. So this incident supposedly happens in October. It does not make the news until January. You'll see no headlines about it in the United States. You'll only see it in foreign papers. This woman, there, there were headlines that she had either broken her wrist or her arm in this incident. This is a woman, all right? All right. Mysteriously, her house was firebombed and her car 
was attacked. And now, as of, I believe, yesterday, she's dropped the charges against McGregor. I don't, no I don't press know, anywhere, I don't know Jason, how uh, he keeps getting away with it. I mean, you you even on, uh, uh, maybe it was somebody else's show, but there, there's video of him being incredibly violent. And again, just like with everything else, he gets a promotion to his own reality show. <laughs> it's so, incredible. He now he gets his promotion. Right. You know, he the proper 12 whiskey deal, like he had the money for that. that All of back. those liquor deals are money laundering and bribes. You know, and now real. he's got an apple whiskey. Oh, we've got an apple whiskey, and they're promoting that. I mean, it makes me physically ill. On top of that, Mel, just just to, to kind of just show you that the little guy gets fucked over in this too, and then just again another microcosm. This could be a microcosm for Ohio, right? Let's just give the Ukraine pensions and billions of dollars, and screw these people in Ohio. The yeah. microcosm is that he walked on to set. Okay, and usually what happens is the UFC picks is like 30 guys, right? And then there's two coaches, and then you pick the 15. He walked on to set with three of his own fighters that are connected to his gang. Okay, he's he's taken pictures, Mel, with Chris Brown and the head of the Kinahan family last week. Okay, the Kinahan family. Oh, I think I saw the Chris Brown thing, and I thought they're putting two. The other guy next to him is a legitimate head family gangster, Mel. He's the Kinahan family. So they do this. And like I said, 15 and 15, there's a a young guy out there. He's a fighter. He fights. He has fought for the organization that I call fights for. Okay? Uh, His name is Brandon Jenkins. Brandon Jenkins and two other guys were selected for the show and immediately kicked off when McGregor came with his own guys. Oh, now, wow. Now, this is a guy, this, this is a kid that's got probably like, he, he's under 30. He's got like 50 fights. Really nice kid. Um, talented guy. I think that he needs some work on his uh, his ground game and his wrestling or whatever. But he actually, he got one fight in um, PFL. He won that fight, and then they brought him up for the UFC, where it's got, the kid was just so damn tough that they had to call the fight. He just kept taking shots. Like, wow. yeah, yeah, he's a tough kid. So in between that, he came to one of the shows, and I actually I, I pulled him over. I said, hey, Brandon, congratulations. You know, come, come and call a fight with me. So he sat down with myself and Pat Militich, and he called the fight. Really, like I said, I call him a kid, but like that's because I'm like 40, 43. <laughs> <laughs> this person's opportunity, along with two others, is completely ripped away from him, from somebody, in my opinion, his who is of the most vile, vile elements of humanity. You do not hit women. You do not rape women. Okay? I mean, it's just, it, to think that's okay, to me, that's just up there with anything else, with, with murder. You know, I, I don't know how other people couldn't see that, that don't have that have sisters or a mother or daughters. I mean, would you want that happening to your daughter? God no. forbid. He's Ooh. he's in the he's in the club. He's in the cult. This, uh, you know, Hollywood, same thing. It's the same cult. You see, like these people taking back Char- Marilyn Manson accusations and stuff. Listen, they're they're in the same group. This guy, the guy, uh, what's his name, that beat up Rihanna. He's sitting standing there taking pictures <laughs> with him. He's got a ta- all these tattoos that obviously he's in the cult. Yeah, no, that's that's part of the club, and the, and and they're at the low level, but. Uh, McGregor, I don't know how he keeps getting free passes and promoted, but he's he's he knows a lot about someone <laughs> or something, or he's uh, initiated. Into, that's the only explanation. He's to big it. money. Like said, he's big money and, for Ari Emanuel. He's big money for WME. They don't care. He's big money for Disney. WME. That's where a lot of it goes. <laughs> Both of them, CAA, WME. 
uh, let's believe if, if anything's happening and it's manipulated like that, it's going to go right to either of them. And, and again, you know, talk about families. Um, but uh, great, great show as always, sir. Um, I, I recommend your morning show to everyone. I listen to it when I'm trying to actually motivate myself in the morning. So, so uh, I hope Mel was listening today. And um, I hope that you guys enjoyed that conversation. Now, the next thing I want to do quick, quick, uh, we're running on the end of the bend here. Um, but this is a clip from uh, the Tuckster talking about the mRNA hate and lie shots and still not going far enough. And even when they're talking about the origins of the virus in Wuhan and um, the U.S., funding of the virus they're constantly either talking about a leak or it being seeded by china in particular setting up this china versus the u.s um narrative when the ideal set is shared by those that are really doing this outside of the nation state using proxy networks in my opinion okay that that's the one thing but when we're talking about the mrna hate and lies okay as I told you, this is forever. They want this forever. So in, in this clip, it's pointed out that if these people have their way, just with, with the COVID-1984 mRNA jab, minimum 60 jabs in a lifetime. Minimum. And that's if they don't up the recommendations. So let's play this clip. COVID thing started about three years ago, and we're finally learning what a lot of people suspected from the beginning, which is that the experts either didn't know what they were talking about or they were lying. Now, it's kind of depressing to go through all those lies, but it's also necessary if you don't want that to happen again, and we definitely don't. Dr. Marty McCary has been chronicling them, keeping track. He's a public health expert, professor at Johns Hopkins School of Medicine, and he joins us tonight to list some of the things we learned that aren't true. Doctor, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for keeping track of this because I, I think you need an after action report to make you better the next time. So what have we learned was untrue? Well, Tucker, I just testified before Congress. And of course, those on the left were asking about misinformation as if that was the big problem. And of course, microchips in the vaccines as a conspiracy theory came up. Uh, ridiculous. And that's, you know, if you listen to my conversation with Mel, when I was discussing polluting the information pool, that's like the purposeful, ridiculous thing that they get they get to repeat. And then associate being like, oh, oh my God, they talked about microchips in there. Now, if you start talking about being biowarfare programs and mRNA being part of ADEPT and PROTECT and DARPA and the government and classification systems and Operation Warp Speed, no, no, no. Uh-uh. You think you're going to get microchipped. Yeah, that, that's actually what one of, um, unfortunately, one of these brainwashed people that worked for the government for years, it's in my fraternity, originally said to me in like a group chat that we were having, like a group Zoom meeting months in that people were checking in on. Oh, you know, oh, you're afraid. No, I, I don't inject bioweapons of hate and lies promoted by an unaccountable defense department and ruthless pharmaceutical companies. I don't do that. I have common sense. Okay? 
Now, I don't know how many people chose not to get the vaccine because of fears of a microchip. Maybe two people in America or five. How about the misinformation propagated by public health officials? The biggest deliverer of misinformation has been the United States government. And the data has caught up with all the lies now and has actually debunked many of these lies. For example, natural immunity is not protective. The Lancet study tore that apart, showed it is absolutely as effective uh, as vaccination. As, I mean, again, uh, I mean, it's it's the really, the only, the hate and lie shots don't do nothing for you at all, except for give you a whole bunch of hate. They, they never give you any kind of immunity. The only way you gained any type of literal, physical, biological, God-given immunity is if you were infected with this stuff, okay, and then you got over it, period, as happens through nature again and again and again throughout history. That's it. I mean, talk about COVID myths. The myth is if we're still talking about the hate and lie shots, giving anybody immunity, it's a bad joke. And probably more effective. That school closures would reduce transmission. The Europe experience proved that wrong. The schools were up and clear and free throughout with the similar transmission rate. So that was wrong. That myocarditis is more common after COVID infection than it is from the vaccine. Not true. I mean, again, lunacy to believe that lunacy we still had a good year year plus okay of the covid 1984 nightmare and remember viruses in the vast majority of cases historically we're talking about i mean an over-the-top percentage dissipate as they mutate so they can survive and are less lethal especially of the variety of what coronaviruses or cold viruses that's just what happens and we didn't have outbreaks of myocarditis any trucking where not happening didn't happen imagination land to think so when did when did we start learning even the word myocarditis when they started injecting humanity with hate and lies that's when jama cardiology showed that it was four to 28 times more common after the vaccine in a particular cohort that the lab can leak was a conspiracy theory both dr farzan and gary the nation's two top virologists told dr fauci in january of 2020 in an emergency meeting that fauci called that they thought it was the lab leak and yet it was billed as a conspiracy and finally, th and they're still trying to push zoonotic or naturally biological. Still, that's what the authoritative sources and liars want to push on you. But now the intel communities, although there's diverse opinions, right? Right, Ray, Chris, hey, hey Chris, diverse opinions. If a guy like me, who again, I am a college drop out for the most part when i was in college i studied art and computers now i'll admit i can read at a fourth grade level and i even read books for pleasure as i got older fiction and not i know scary stuff we used to do that before 
it was Scroll City USA. I'm trying to do more of that. Um, and quite frankly, I am doing more of that with this and the Whitney Webb books. You know, good, healthy. And somehow, if you go back to my videos in that late January to early March, I figured it out. I figured it out. I'm not the FBI. I'm not the CIA. I'm not the NSA. I wasn't privy to anything other than open source information. And if you've been watching this show since coming over to Red Voice Media, you know I bring the receipts. Brought the receipts then. Just want to point that out. That the bivalent vaccine and the boosters are effective and necessary for young people. We've had no randomized controlled trials. Dr. Ja at the White House said it's crystal clear. To me, it's crystal clear a young, healthy person has this should not get it. No one on the Congressional Committee or at the CDC has ever been able to tell us if any healthy American child has died of COVID. It may have been a couple, could have been three, five, ten, over three years. That's way below any respiratory pathogen. How can you push something so aggressive with such absolutism and dogma without the, the data? We don't even know if any healthy child has ever died of COVID. Now, public health officials and the CDC are proposing that a 12-year-old healthy girl get 60 mRNA COVID vaccines in her average lifetime, one a year. This and, and they want more than one. They want it. They want a double dose. It's really like 120 if they live to 72, which unfortunately I don't think there would be any way that you would by taking all these hate and lies. This is where we've got to demand data before following these recommendations. That's what they're demanding, right? It's hard even to believe that given everything we know. That seems deranged. I mean, if you want to go to school. If you want to go to college, if you want to get a job, and and that's the thing, so many people out there went with the audacious, the over the top, the speculation, right? How many people said they're going to be dropping dead next flu season, like we were going to have the zombie apocalypse after it? I said, guys, go watch my go watch my interviews with people like Corbett and Ryan Christian. I said that's not a reality. Said so three to five years from now, we're going to have to look at this, and there's probably going to be some heavy death rates. But at the same time, number one, you need to find out who's going to buy into your system, and you just don't annihilate everybody that buys into your biomedical fascistic tyranny, right? Especially if you're running like not only a eugenics program of depopulation, but a social engineering program of moving people into more subservience, okay, ESG, environmental, social, and governance, globalism, collectivism, obedience, authoritarianism, biomedical fascism. You need some people alive, all right? Now, you also need to up that track trace database to also be able to prosecute those that do not go in line with this. So, you know... On a mass scale, that this was the the most nefarious of global conspiracies that, yes, did have a population control and democide aspect to it. But it's so much more. And, and scary. Annual vaccinations for all people. That's the mantra right now. And it's all or nothing. 
Is it, last question, Doctor, is there an organized, I mean, that's so, that's so unwise, you've got to think there's an organized resistance to that. Do you think that could actually happen? It could become compulsory? Yeah, most of the resistance are practicing physicians, but because anyone who disagrees with the mantra is dismissed or censored or deleted or excluded from national meetings, it appears as if there is a unified consensus of physicians. The CDC's own study found that 40% of pediatricians do not recommend the COVID vaccines for children. That should say a lot. And when I go to the doctor's meetings, none of them have been wearing masks over the entire last year. That should say a lot. Yeah, but again, that's as I discussed with Mel, depends on where you are and what kind of tyranny they want to bring down on you. Folks, it has been a grand week. We had a lot of fun. I want to one more time tell everybody about my documentary films, Loose Change, Final Cut, Fabled Enemies, Invisible Empire, A New World Order to Find, and Shade the Motion Picture, all free right here, right now. You can see them at Red Voice Media and all the other platforms. I think that they are important. I hope that you watch them and share them. And hey, maybe start cutting some clips out of there and sharing those clips with people. And getting people to watch the entire film and understand what's going on right now has a huge historical precedence. I do want to remind everybody that we also have a lot of great shows right here at redvoicemedia.com in the premium section. It is growing, expanding. Expect big things from this network. Big weekend of fights. Can't wait. We got the return of John Jones versus Gone. Big time big time this weekend so look we have to be engaged we have to take all this seriously but at the same time we got to take a step back we got to learn to love one another we got to breathe we got to enjoy ourselves and celebrate the fact that humanity is special and the more time that we spend amongst each other caring about one another and enjoying each other uh the more likely it is that we are going to find unified solutions that we all can take part in to try to take back our country and this world in the name of humanity. Let's all become the great resistance to this very real Great Reset Agenda. I love you guys, and I will see you bright and early on Monday, fresh on a flip.